Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Chris has done a really good job, and obviously they have one of the best point guards in the country in Boo Booey, so, uh, and obviously Jameer and Boo went at it last time and really had a great battle. That's Kevin Willard. Talking about the Terps' upcoming opponent, and that is Northwestern tonight. Tip-off at 7. The Jerry Siding and Roofing Maryland warm-up show immediately follows us at 6. And if you're watching the game tonight on the Big Ten Network, Jason Horowitz will be on the call, and Jason joins us now. And Jason, before we preview tonight's game, just looking back, I know both Rutgers and Maryland not having the years that they would have hoped for, but... The rack's a tough place to win, and Maryland ended up winning and won going away. How impressed were you with that win? Well, not only that, I mean, they haven't done that much of the year, right? I mean, the Iowa game was good down the stretch, but, like, nobody has played more close games than Maryland in the Big Ten this year. And, and uh, to, you know, to, to be in as many – I think this speaks to Jameer Young, you guys. Like, to be in as many games as they've been in, having one of the worst shooting seasons, at least yeah. from three-point range in Maryland history – um, I mean, that's, I think that speaks to the volume of how good they are defensively and how good Jameer Young is, particularly in clutch time. So I, I think there's a lot there. And, you know, the other part, too, guys, is that, like, 15 and 13, they're not a tournament team right now. Even if they win tonight in Indiana and at Penn State and you're 18 and 13, like, there's work to be done in the tournament, Yeah, uh, in the Big Ten tournament to even have a thought. But, you know, if one or two games had gone one different direction in all those one-possession games, we might be having a different conversation heading into tonight. Well, it, it, it does kind of bring us back to the start of the year and how high hopes were, right? And they were the number right. three preseason pick in the conference. Like, if anybody, if, if they had one wing who could shoot the ball league average from three-point land, that were they're probably looking at a buy in this conference tournament, right? I mean, I think it really distills to that because they've been a three-man band, and that's taking them to within three to five points pretty much every night in the conference with nobody other than Dante Scott hitting yeah. a big shot. Yeah, well, one in six, right? Seven, one, 
possession games this year, and they're one in six in those games. And the only win was the Iowa win on the road. So, yeah, if somebody it's one three-pointer a game, uh, yes, <laughs> that is that makes you four and three instead of one and six. And it's a different conversation. And, and yet, to your point, I mean, Northwestern's trying to get a, a double buy in the Big Ten tournament, and they're, what, three games ahead of uh, three and a half up or whatever that is in, yeah. in front of Maryland. And if you flip those, you're talking about two totally different things. So, um, yeah, I, I think they had higher hopes for Jamie and uh, Kaiser and, yeah. and Deshaun to be able to shoot. I mean, guys, they're having terrible shooting years, right? Yeah. I mean, Deshaun's at 16%, and, and Jamie, I know he's third on the team in makes, but he's at 24 25%. So, and those are really accomplished scorers in high school who yeah. I think they thought would shoot the ball better, and, and maybe they will moving forward in their careers. Um, but yeah, that's, that would totally be a different story. We're speaking to Jason Horowitz on the WGK Law Guest Hotline. It's Inside Access on the fan. Well, uh, Jason, let's look at Northwestern. And we heard Kevin Willer coming into the break talking about Boo Booey. But what about the backcourt as a whole? Because Ryan Langborg, Borg, he's been going off recently. Yeah, he has. Um, you know, and, and, and they, Northwestern had to play without him in the Rutgers game two weeks ago because, like, what was it, six or seven minutes into the game, he had an elbow. That was, you know, it wasn't even called a foul, <laughs> like on the floor. I mean, I'm sorry, it was called a foul, but it certainly wasn't anything that they were like immediately looking at for a flag room one. They went to the monitor and, you know, for like seven or eight minutes, I was on the call of that game. And then they called it a flagrant two and he was done. And, and, you know, they only lost that game by three. And that was two games after Ty Berry had torn his meniscus and he was out for the year. And um, the, the way that they've played different guys' absences has been pretty impressive only losing once since Tyberry went out for the year. But, you know, Ryan Langborg got banged up in the um, in the Michigan game. Now, they haven't played since Friday. So, you know, they're hoping that he's able to go tonight. But but he got banged up in that uh, in that Michigan game five or six days ago. And so, you know, they're they're certainly um, they're certainly hoping he's healthy because they're in the home stretch of trying to make back to back trips to the NCAA tournament for the first time ever. Well, how big do you think the Tyberry absence could loom down the stretch? Um you know, he seemed to be a guy who was did a lot of little things for them, picked up a lot of rebounds. Um, obviously, was a, was a pretty good factor. The last time these two teams met uh, at Northwestern, is that something that um, they could start to feel the effects of a little bit more here as we get to crunch time? So, I mean, he he got hurt in the Nebraska game early, so you could say that they played that game without him. They won that game. They are three and one officially mm-hmm. since since he went out for the year with the surgery. So. You know they're they're four and one technically since he got hurt, so I, I think that speaks volumes to a couple of things. One, the teams they have beaten are not the top of the Big Ten. Yeah. It's Penn State, it's Rutgers, it's Michigan. So it's it's that it's Indiana. Um, partly that. The other part is Bowie is just that good. Yeah. But I do think what I think what's problematic for them is you know Ty Berry was having a career year. He was you know the opposite of Maryland. He's a forty. 40- three percent three-point shooter you know so so when he's on the floor and Bowie's on the floor and Langborg's on the floor now you've got Brooks Barnheiser who becomes a mismatch for everybody else's big but when Ty is not on the floor you know they're a better defensive team they're a better rebounding team but they're a much worse shooting team and so I think I think could could Bowie carry them to the second weekend yeah Are, are they gonna have a harder time because of it they're not going to score 80 points. They're right. going to have to beat somebody 70 to 65, right. and they're not that good of a defensive right. team. 
Jason, we were talking about uh, Jameer Young earlier, and Jameer, look, he still gets to the line with regularity, but we haven't seen the efficiency recently. I mean, he hasn't shot over 37% uh, from the floor over the past seven, eight games. Could he be wearing down down the stretch? Um, yeah, that's certainly a possibility. I, you know, plus you get into Big Ten play, everybody knows everybody. Like, they, they know how you like to eat a taco. Like, they, <laughs> they know every aspect. Are you going right shoulder? Are you going left shoulder? Are you going under a street? Like, they know everything, right? The advanced aspects of it. They don't even have to watch tape anymore. They just have the analytics, and they and then they watch tape. So I, I think that's part of it. Um, like, clutch performance. There's so many minutes that he has had to play, so many important minutes that he's had to play, uh, you know, Dante Scott slips on the beer or whatever he slipped on go, in the Illinois game going into the tunnel. And now, now you know, he's dealing with that knee. And I know he didn't really, other than not starting, I know he didn't really miss any time, but that's probably playing an effect. So, yeah, I think, I think there's a possibility Jameer Young is, is winding down. Um, I also think it's a product of playing teams again, and they've seen him before. And so I think that, that also probably plays a role, too. I feel like we're getting to the time of year, and I often find myself here, where you, you take a step out of the Big Ten bubble and you look around. And I know that college basketball as a whole you know, continues to maybe be a little more wide open or, or diluted or parody, whatever you want to call it. But I, I do wonder outside of Purdue, like, you know, if there's anybody in this conference who's – and we know even Purdue has have their issues in the, in the big dance. But how many of these teams really, you know, are we talking about even Sweet 16 – yeah, you know, like I, mean, I just, I don't, yeah. man, I'm not feeling it. You know what I mean? For for many of them, to be honest with you, you know, it's, it's interesting though, Jake, because like, I, so I say this all the time. You know, you hear college basketball analysts, they'll, they'll go on a TV set or you know, talk on a radio show, be like, ah, there's there are 12 teams that can make the Final Four, but like, list them. You know, yeah. give me those 12 in January, <laughs> right. so we can go back and check to see if you got any of them. And and it's just, I think it's just the nature of way that college basketball and how much we love it crowns a champion. It just, it isn't, isn't the best teams that get to the, the spots that we think of as the best aspects of the sport. And that of course is the sweet 16 and the final four. It's just, it's just not the way that the sport works. It's not the way that the tournament works. And, and, you know, yes, Purdue has certainly had struggles. Everyone knows what's happened in St. Peter's and FCU. Yeah. And, you know, if God forbid they don't make it to the sweet 16, let alone the final four, you know, Heavens to Betsy, right? So, yeah. <laughs> so you got all that aspect of this, but um, going to have three teams, and Wisconsin's completely fallen off too. So they're yeah. probably going to have two teams at most by seed, meaning you're one, two, three, four, right. I'll say a five um, that are supposed to get to the second weekend. And so by seed, the Big Ten shouldn't have teams to get to the second weekend, but by talent. Like, if Tom Izzo takes this team to the Elite Eight, nobody's going to be surprised because sure. they're supposed to be top five. Sure. And, you know, if Boo Booey gets to the second weekend, he's, you know, he's one of the best point guards in college basketball, and you've got COVID years, and you've got all that. So, like, you just I, – I don't know with how old teams are how to really quantify how those guys are going to play when they get to the tournament because they're all fourth- and fifth-year college basketball players. Yeah, great point. He's Jason Horowitz. He's going to be on the call tonight, Big Ten Network, Maryland Northwestern. Jason, thanks so much for taking the time. You guys didn't ask if I want to storm the court. Oh, oh man. Yeah. Do you want... <laughs> well, real quick, what's your opinion on that? <laughs> it's not a quick answer. No. Not... I understand why we all love it, and I also understand why none of us have business on courts and fields.
So I, I got it. It's like that. Yeah. I'm torn as well. Yeah, I'm torn. <laughs> All right, Jason. Thanks, man. Have a great Thank call. You. Thank you. I come back. Ken Wyman leaves. Ken is off the rest of the week, and then the band is back together on Monday. But we want to hear from the people. 410-583-1057. You want to talk Ravens, Eric DaCosta, John Harbaugh. We heard from both of them about the receiver position. What would you like to see done this offseason? You buying the Rashad Bateman breakout in year four? And also, Orioles, just your thoughts on first handful of games in Grapefruit League action. Colton Kowser, could he be a big-time factor this year? 410-583-1057. But we just had Jason Horowitz on, and he made the joke about the court storming when we were letting him go. And I know that you guys talked about it on the show earlier, but... With me, I part of it is, look, what happened, it's unfortunate, but are we talking about this if an Indiana player got hurt as much as when a, it involves Duke? And I'm for the court storming. I, I think, I don't know how you, you could. You, you support it. You're in favor of it. I'm absolutely You want in favor. more of it. I wish I could have been involved in a court storming back in my day, but uh, unfortunately that time has passed. But I think it's awesome. I mean, I, I love court storming. But you were telling me uh, what Ken was saying about the whole Well, he had an interesting point. Phone. And he probably, yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give him a little bit of credit, but he probably saw it on one of those stupid shows he watches. Scream at you, scream at me, and he's he's parroting somebody else's talking point. I'm guessing, <laughs> but regardless, it, when he said it, I was like, you know what? There might be something to it. Yeah. Part of the reason he said slash stole, uh, this seems to be more of a problem is that everybody's on their phone and they're trying to not really be in the moment with other people, but to validate themselves as sure. being at that scene. And so people aren't keeping their eyes on anything other than trying to take the best selfie with all this stuff around them. And you get a bunch of kids doing that at the same time and these huge athletes trying to get off the court. And you, you're bound to have more collisions. You're bound to have more contact than it seemed like we had in the past. Um, how spontaneous are these? Um, and, and I do think it raises some interesting questions about who's really – and we played some clips from Jay Billis, and he's always on point <laughs> – like, who really is it? Who's really supporting this? And his theory was it's the schools and the team presidents and the TV networks because it's good content. It gives them stuff to talk about. It looks good on TV. You can recruit off of it. The coaches love it. Hey, come here and look how rabid yeah, the fans absolutely. are. Right. But like, if they want to nip it in the bud, they could. You never see it at the NCAA tournament because the NCAA regulates the NCAA tournament and you can't do it. Like, it's it's illegal. You can't legally do it at professional sports because there's rules against it, and they'll throw you in jail if you try to do it. But these schools, when under their auspices and these conferences, allow it. Well, it does beg the question, why do they allow it? And I think we know why they allow it. It looks good in their highlight reels. It looks good when they're wowing recruits. It looks good when they're trying to get money out of alumni and say, look how rabid everybody is here. I'm for it. And I'm very anti-establishment. So Gigi kind of swayed me a little bit. I already voted in our poll. We should try to find the poll because it got, it, got, it got a fair amount of votes. I'll, I'll look for it. We absolutely can. But we were talking about the receiver position last hour. Rashad Bateman, namely, because John Harbaugh is all in on Rashad Bateman. Let's go out to the phones. Josh is in Westminster. Josh, you're on the fan. 
Hey, guys, thanks for taking my call. I love your show. Thank, Thank you. you. Yeah, man, I, I just don't, you know, fourth year, coming into the league, uh, in the league four years, I, I don't know what they're seeing that we're not seeing. I mean, I, I watched every single game that this man has played. I loved him in college. I thought he was great. And I thought we had a great player when he came, when we picked him. But Bateman has just not lived up to the bell, man. I just don't see how – I mean, I get it's their job to try to continue to sell us on these guys and then, oh, do we pick up his fifth-year option? Probably not. All that type of stuff happens. You know, that's for them to figure out. But I'm not seeing what these guys are selling. I'm not buying it. Yeah. And also, I just had another question. When it comes to, like, some other guys that we're trying to – um, you know, continue to pump up or old oh, this next year, next season, and then injury continues to occur with these guys. Titus Bowser. Oh, that's, I mean, he's wow. that's over. Yeah, he's, that's over, brother. Well, thanks for the call, yeah. Josh. But we, we we've heard the last of Harbs, you know, uh, gushing about running into Bowser in the hallways <laughs> or at the at the car sales lot or wherever else he ran into. You've you've been on top of the numbers, Lamar throwing to Bateman, sixty nine point two career passer rating for a while, and for whatever reason, there's been a disconnect there. And we had Jonah Schaefer on the show last week, and he did a great piece on Rashad Bateman. Watched every single route that yeah. he ran during this past season, and. For whatever reason, despite getting the separation, the football has not been getting into his hands. And that's where I, I just think a change of scenery might just be best. And he, he he's had maturity issues, and he's, I think, the kind of kid who could have done really well by being able to play on time, not having the early injury woes, getting some early confidence. But that didn't happen. And he and Lamar... One had COVID, and the other one looks like he's pretty good. And then Lamar's back, and he's got the rust off. But Rashad's out with this or that. And look, he obviously was at odds with the team over the scope of the injury, you know, a couple years back. And and when surgery should or shouldn't have been done. And I'm with you. I I think they don't want to sell low on him, and they don't have a whole lot of other. There ain't a whole lot at the end when it comes to the wide receiver position. So they probably don't want to give up on him yet. They also aren't going to want to put the fifth year option on him. But I think he a change would do him good. He's not a bad football player, but he's not a winning football player here. He hasn't been a winning football player here, and I don't think he and the quarterback – I don't think the quarterback inherently trust him all that much. And and when you've got twice as many interceptions in your career as you do touchdowns throwing to a particular target, and you've been together for three years, like it might be hard to change that. And we can't blame it on Greg Roman or the scheme anymore. Because we saw some evolution this year. Saying all that, Bone, I think they're. I think he's probably back. We're about to get back into Orioles baseball. Update you on how the O's are doing against the Twins. But let's grab an Orioles call before we step out. Josh is in seven. Josh, you're on the fan. Hey guys, how's it going? Hey there. Hey, I just wanted to get your guys' thoughts real quick on you know obviously with the Bradish injury and Means also being banged up. Snell and Montgomery are still sitting out there, and now you're seeing reports that Boris might be willing to take a short-term deal with a bunch of opt-outs. That sounds like something the Orioles should be all over to me. These guys are going to probably opt out, you know, after a year or two, so you're not going to be committed long-term. And you can maybe snatch Snell away from the Yankees. I'm all for them going after one of them guys. What do you guys think? Thanks, Josh. We've been pounding the table for it. I mean, I don't know that we're, you know, going to convince anybody over there at the warehouse. Maybe the timing of this new ownership will work out just so that, 
you know, those guys are looking to make a splash. We talked about that a lot on the show yesterday. But, like, this becoming a one-year deal shouldn't shock people. I've been talking about it here for two weeks, saying that's where I think it's going, way before the Bellinger thing happened. Like, you get to this point, no one's – the 180, the 165, the 210, it's not out there for you. Where do you want to go for one year? And, look, I, I, I would give – Montgomery probably in a long-term deal – would be lucky to get 22 a year. I'll give you 25. Me? Per, I'll give you 25 plus incentives. I'm all I'll in. give you 25 plus a million dollars for every playoff game you start for me. Pitchers need spring training. Coming up next, we will update you on the Orioles taking on the Twins. A couple of young Orioles continue their scorching hot start to the spring. We will tell you who they are next on Inside Access. Inside access to the Orioles, Brooks, Cal, it's the Hot Corner with Jason, Ken, and Tim Barberlase. Sponsored by Home Life Roofing and Remodeling. 105.7 The Fan. As a breaking ball hit high in the air, deep left field for Walner at the base of the wall, leaping and it's gone up out of the berm home run. Ramon Urias, two-run blast to left. As Larnett leapt at the wall but couldn't quite grab it. And it's now 2-1 in favor of the Orioles. That call courtesy of the Twins Radio Network and the O's. It has been an offensive onslaught. They lead the Twins 12-2. Colton Kowser, he also homered. Kobe Mayo, he drove in some runs. And Kowser and Mayo... Jason, they yes. continue their hot start. Kowser's two for three, driven in three runs. That was a three-run bomb that he did. And Kobe Mayo, five for eight with three doubles, two RBIs, and two runs scored this spring. Yeah, and something that Gigi and I were talking about quite as a bit, he's playing third base every day, which is interesting to me because there's been a lot of thought in that organization about first base being his ultimate position, and maybe it is. But the longer he stays at third base, the better. Um, I'll be fascinated to see how that plays out. I believe he'll be like Jackson Holiday last year, where he's here till the very end. He sticks around in Major League camp way longer than anybody would think for you know a guy who's not on the forty man roster. But then, unlike Jackson Holiday, I, I think he's back in six eight weeks. Like I, I, I just think he's going to continue to dominate AAA. You know, an OPS of 1,100, something like that. And they're going to know by late May he's too good for that league and there's only one other league left to go. Now, what is the Orioles' injury situation? How is Westberg playing at third base on a regular basis? Is Ramon a spare part or are we seeing more Ramon than we thought? How's Jackson Holiday playing, frankly, at second base? Because there could be a way to move somebody, Ramon or Westberg, to second if, God forbid, Jackson Holiday needs to go back down. And maybe Kobe Mayo gets up here that way. But Kobe Mayo, the hit tool, the the the, the power, um, it's it's so real. And uh, he's a super athletic kid with a monster arm. And, and if, he, if he could be even just a, a slightly below league average third baseman, I, he's going to mash. Like, he's going to mash. Now, do you project that for him though i don't know i mean he's still young i i mean look i've seen i saw a lot of him at double a and i didn't think he was gonna stay at, at at third base but um and frankly people in that organization didn't think he would either and he started to play more corner out a little bit of corner outfield 
and some regular first base at AAA. But they certainly haven't given up on the possibility of him being at third. And really, there's one area where it's a real problem. And it's it's charging the ball. It's infield hits. It's people bunting to the left side of the mound and him having to charge in and make that throw across. Like It's, it's, a, it's a long leverage. It's a lot to scoop and throw across the body. How often does that come into play? You know, I, I I don't know. Will the arm itself, as he even gets bigger and stronger, bail him out a little bit more? Uh, either way, it's fun to dream on uh, what, what he could be. A few weeks ago, we were talking, I think we did a six-pack, on the six Orioles that need to have a big spring training, and Colton Kowser was on oh, all, yeah. all of those lists, and... Boy, has he delivered so far, Jason. Well, and I, I think just for I, I think no one probably needs it more than Colton Kowser. Like when you're you get to be a top three prospect in an organization as rich and deep as this, and everybody else who's been up there has pretty much made the transition and 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 you know is on a timeline that's faster than anybody could have expected. And let's face it, there were a lot of reasonable timelines last year. That could have included Colton Kowser playing more than half the season at the major league level. Now, he had bad luck with an injury. Uh, he had bad luck with Aaron Hicks being being available when the Orioles needed him and him playing as well as he did. Um, and then he had bad luck that by the time the Orioles called him up, they were flirting with 100 wins, and he wasn't going to get the kind of runway that he might have, right, the long runway that he might have months sooner. So all that, I think, played in – on him and wait on him. Um, and so for him to come out and be doing this, he hit a ball 106 miles almost off the bat today, 300 or 430 feet. Um, so this wasn't really windblown like the one he hit that was the game winner the other night. Either way, this is awesome to see. I don't know what the ultimate fit's going to be. Uh, I think he was going to have to really earn his way onto this team. So far, so good. Orioles lead the Twins 12-2. to Before we step out, uh, when I was in Sarasota, got the chance to talk to Jackson Holiday and Grayson Rodriguez. And something that you've been bringing up throughout the offseason, Jason, is the fact that Grayson getting shelled in that playoff game. You know, how much motivation did that give him during this offseason? And I asked yeah, I think everybody's a little bit more hungry coming into this year. Um, you know, the playoff exit really was a left a sour taste in our mouth. Um, I think a lot of guys went into the offseason very hungry, uh, ready to get back. Um, I know I thought about it a lot uh, during the offseason. So, you know, finally getting back in the clubhouse, getting spring training rolling. Uh, I think everybody's ready to, to get the season going and get back to where we were last year. And with Grayson Rodriguez, when he got sent down, I remember his quote saying, I really haven't had much adversity in his baseball career and how that humbled him and how that helped him. Well, after getting shelled in his postseason debut, you know that that really lit a fire under him. Yeah, look, this kid is determined, and he's uh, everything about him – suggest high high level suggest at the major league level the way he comports himself um his physical stature uh his body type the his ability to replicate um his ability to pitch and not just throw and and the way it's not just that 
He got knocked down a rung or two. It's the way he responded to it. The way he handled himself at Norfolk when he got sent back down and then what that brought out in him competitively um, and from a, a developmental standpoint and not overthrowing the cutter, not being too fastball reliant, um, growing up from that and maturing and and leaning into that change up a little bit more, change up early in the count a little bit more, some things like that really helped him. Now, ultimately, what happened in the playoffs? <laughs> it's a lot of fastballs and fastball counts, right? And so... How's he going to respond to that? I think he'll respond to it um, in, in a very significantly positive way. Matt Wyrick, who covers the O's for the Baltimore Sun, he's going to be joining us at 4.30. He is at the Orioles-Twins game, so we'll recap the game with Matt next hour. But we're going to get back into Ravens football coming up. We touched on the running back position, but on the other side, we're going to really dive into it. How could Eric DaCosta handled this position this offseason could they go out and spend some money on one of the top free agents we'll give you our thoughts on the other side it's inside access on the fan well we need more than two running backs so certainly i think you'll see us make a couple acquisitions along the way uh we think keaton mitchell is going to come back from his knee injury uh, justice is a player last year probably one of the unsung heroes of our whole team i would say um you know we're still talking to gus uh we'll talk to jk a couple free agents that we had um, hopeful that we can get something done with those guys. Uh, we've looked at the draft class. Probably not, you know, as deep as some other positions that we'll see in this year's draft class. There are some UFAs this year in the draft. I mean, in free agency, some talented players that we will look at as well. But I think it's probably safe to say that we'll have more than two running backs on the roster at some point, and we will definitely have a plan for that position. Up in the air. It's up in the air. You know, we don't have uh, we don't have uh, a lot of guys under contract right now. We've got Justice. Just love the way Justice played. He was incredible all year. Took another step. I think he's a great player. Uh, then after that, we just got to see. I mean, we'd love to get Gus back. You know, JK's floating around out there. Just guys who've been with us. Uh, we'll just have to see how it goes. That's Eric DaCosta, John Harbaugh, talking to the media yesterday at the scouting combine. And right now, the cupboard's kind of bare at the running back position. You have Justice Hill, who he's the glue guy. He's the unsung hero, like Eric DaCosta said. And then Keaton Mitchell, who we'd all be shocked if he's going to be ready for week well, one. He said, we think Keaton Mitchell will come back. He didn't say when. Yeah. By week one, I'd be, no. uh, this is a pup guy, he would think. Yeah. So um, so you need to add some guys here. And uh, the, Eric DaCosta said they're talking to Gus Edwards. John Harbaugh said they want Gus Edwards to come back. We shall see. J.K. Dobbins, he's floating around there. I wonder like where he's floating. John, like, so. Are you picturing him floating like... On, on a floaty in a big pool somewhere, maybe with some water wings and the floaty? Or are you picturing him like floating through the galaxy like a spaceman? Oh, he, he did. Uh, I could go either way. My original his... thought was pool, but the more I think about J.K. Spaceman, he, I'm kind of into that. He did rehab with Aaron Rodgers. So, so we'll he, might be, he might be up there. But the question is... Could the Ravens break tendency? This is an organization that, gosh, they haven't paid for a running back since they gave Ray Rice that contract extension, you know, 10 plus years ago. Now, the free agent class, uh, Derrick Henry, Saquon Barkley, Josh Jacobs, Tony Pollard is out there. I I mean, those are kind of the top names. Austin Eckler. Austin Eckler as well. Could you see them break tendency and stroke a check for a running back? I kind of feel like 
they're getting their fans, their supporters, their ticket base, their sponsors. Like I, I feel like they're messaging. Like they're 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 keeping that door open now. Are are they keeping it open because you know they like to keep people guessing or subterfuge? I, I mean, maybe, but I think I think they're gonna sign on of it. Uh, now, what extreme? Where is it on this sort of pantheon? I. Is it more the Zach Moss, DeAndre Swift type guys who we know can play in the league who've had who I would call young veterans who's who who still may have upside ahead of them, um, but who financially haven't had the the tag, right? Because the tags which been boosting their salary. Guys aren't getting paid on the open market, so they get tagged. That guarantees they get a certain percentage of you know what everybody their the top guys at their position make. But then they're coming off that tag, and they're still not long term deals for them. So. Um, I, I don't know, Bone. I, I I think I don't want Derek. I don't want anything to do it. Like I don't either. I respect Derek Henry's had a hell of a career. I'm not paying for production from three years ago. A 30 year old running back. I just who's been really beaten hard, run hard. Like every time they needed a play, they needed a tough yard. It went to him. Like the 2,000 yard season and all. Like I, I don't. I don't want to pay for what he did three years ago in Tennessee. I think Austin Eckler's damaged goods at this point. With some running backs, it goes, it goes quickly. It never comes back. I think Jacobs, because how little he was used in college, um, because he hasn't been beaten into the ground by the Raiders, because he's used to playing behind bad offensive lines, because he's had to do it kind of as a one-man band. Like, no one no one was worried about Derek Carr beating them. Nobody's worried about Aiden O'Connell beating them. Um, that intrigues me. Uh and I, I think I'm kind of – the more I reflect on this season, the more I'm kind of over everything by committee. Because I, I do think you there are certain tells. I think you start to you start to sort of reveal what you're all about based on this running back rotation. And I think also it kind of makes it easier for the play caller to obfuscate or like cloud – the vision when, oh, well, I got a little bit of touches for this guy and that guy, so running backs touch the ball. Yeah, but nobody had a chance to get going. I think you get a guy here who comes in with a certain resume. Um, you're going to keep him on the football field. like And if he's a true three-down back, he can win for you on third down and four down back and fourth down, and you know you're only going to pay him for a year or two anyway. Why not? We know how terrible the running back market has been for a while, but especially last year. I'm assuming you're expecting more of the same this offseason? Well, I, I think like the guys who got their $10 million a year because of the tag, I, I think are going to be looking at 10 a year again. And, and maybe in some cases a little less, maybe in some cases a little more. But like I, I don't think any of them are going to move the needle significantly beyond what would have been out there for them last year before they finally ended up playing on the tag. So when a market is that stagnant and the cap just grew more than ever before, and this one position group keeps being depressed, isn't that, at what point does that become value? Like, I, I think Cynthia misunderstood my question. Like, that's kind of what I was trying to get at with her. Like, at a certain point, if something is, is if everybody's saying don't pay those people, at some point somebody's got to zig and zag and say, well, wait a minute, now there is value there. Like, it's been depressed enough. Do I have a better shot of getting $10 million of pure offensive EPA out of Josh Jacobs for a best-of-breed 
running back salary versus, again, Keenan Allen, Mike Evans, whoever guy who doesn't land somewhere else, who gets cut elsewhere, or his old team can't afford him, that guy at 18 or 20 a year, where are they really going to get their bang for their buck? I think it might end up being the running back. Remember last year when the NFLPA, their first survey that they put out? Do I remember? Steve Saunders, I mean, F minus. We didn't even know that was a thing until the NFLPA survey last year. Well, they released it today. Did the Ravens fare better at strength coach? And you might be surprised where John Harbaugh ranks among the head coaches and Steve Bashotti among the owners. We'll give you the Ravens NFLPA survey next. It's Inside Access on the fan. Inside Access. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network, from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.